Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's not between black and white or even between most Democrats and Republicans. It is between those of us who love this country and a fringe minority who hates the United States of America. It's just it's astounding that the Biden administration is using every ounce of their energy to fight to allow this invasion on the border. They're obviously ignoring the Constitution, the Guarantee Clause, and now suing Texas, taking it all the way to the Supreme Court so that hundreds of thousands of people can invade our our border every single month so that fentanyl can pour across and kill our young people so that crime can uh, skyrocket on our streets and our cities and communities. Are you ready? That was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and, of course, the penultimate candidate who's uh, running at all all times, Carrie Lake, uh, who used to be on TV. David Gray reminds us on Twitter, remember when they erected seven-foot fences with razor wire around the Capitol to protect them from us citizens? Uh, we are not allowed to protect our border. The The border is effectively uh, not being protected. We saw this like wise guy come out and uh, state that we were soon going to find out who he was. Uh, he is clearly somebody who is uh, hailing from the, the Middle East and uh, seemed to be a nefarious figure. This is really quite something. It, it is shocking to think that the Supreme Court of the United States would side with Mexico over the people of the United States of America, would, would side with the 165 countries around the world, as opposed to supporting the United States of America. Chip Roy, in these last hours, is recommending that Texas ignore the Supreme Court's border razor wire ruling. That would be quite something. But you know what the narrative would be. You understand what the narrative would be. Welcome. It's the Brett Witterbull Show. Our telephone number is 704-570-1110. Great to be with you today. You know what they will say if, if that were actually an option. Maybe it will emerge as an option. You understand what it will be, though, right? It will be an insurrection. Greg Abbott leading the insurrection, the second coming of, of, of the Confederacy, a Confederate state in Texas looking to ignore the powers of the United States Supreme Court. You know, that's what they would say. They would say it was an insurrection. They would recommend that Joe Biden immediately dispatch the United States military against the uh, the governor of the state of Texas. Representative Chip Roy called on Texas officials to ignore the recent Supreme Court ruling declaring the federal government could remove razor wire on the U.S.-Mexico border. They have a duty under the Constitution and every other norm of leadership of any sovereign state to protect your rights, your citizens, period, full stop. There's no exception to that, Roy told Fox News Digital on Tuesday. And if the Supreme Court wants to ignore the truth, which is a slim majority did, Texas still had the duty. Texas leaders have the duty to defend their people, the state of Texas. 
The 5-4 Supreme Court ruling, you were sold out, by the way, by Chief Justice Johnny Roberts and, uh, of course, his loyal sidekick, his loyal sidekick, Amy Coney Barrett, who will never take another uh, dangerous decision again because she got the Dobbs ruling um, in effect and will not ever side again with conservatives, I, I don't think. The conflict escalated earlier this month when the Texas National Guard, sometimes referred to as the TNG, and the Texas Department of Public Safety erected fences and razor wire in Eagle Pass, Texas, a popular spot for migrants to cross into the United States. Texas law enforcement prevents the U.S. Border Patrol from accessing uh, the area, which the Border Patrol said prevented them from saving the life of a mother and two children who drowned in the Rio Grande. I mean, Texas has a number of options they they could they could just go and arrest the migrants that are coming into texas uh, arguing that they are uh trespassing you could use trespassing laws but joe biden would probably dispatch the military against the state of texas um you, you could probably uh, uh keep them uh and, and keep them in a in, in a facility where they're not going to be allowed to go anywhere you could do that or you could do what maybe maybe just needs to happen maybe the governor of Texas just needs to ship all of them out to the various cities that he's been sending them to. But, but then now expand it, expand it, deliver them to the White House, deliver them to uh, the Capitol, the actual Capitol. Let them camp out in the Capitol. Let them camp out at the Supreme Court. I mean, these are things that he could do. I mean, these are these are sort of things he could do. Um, but what they're hoping for is a clash. What Joe Biden needs, because it's the only time he's ever in his mind, successful, is when he get in, gets into a fight with Americans. He loves people from all over the world, cannot stand the Americans. It's why he goes so hard on you when he talks about the insurrection. It's why he talks so so nastily about you if you're a Catholic, a Christian, a believer. He certainly has, has abandoned much of much of that of that real estate. He, I've never heard him uh, say anything particularly nice about the Catholics or, or, or the Baptists. Or the Unitarians, uh, or, or, or the Presbyterians. Uh, I, I've not seen him say anything nice about the Seventh Day Adventists. I've not heard him say anything nice about uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints. Um, he he is a guy who is obsessed with what goes on in Tehran. He is a guy who is obsessed with what goes on with the Taliban. He he is obsessed with sucking up and kissing the behind of people like. Well, the tin pot dictators that run around the world. He doesn't much like us. He doesn't much like you. I would hope somebody in a debate, although he'll never debate anybody, maybe somebody in a press conference could ask him, why do you, why do you hate the United States? Who, who, what, what people in the United States do you actually like? What do you like? This is the question that needs to be asked of every Democrat that is campaigning for any seat, whether it's city council, uh, whether it's uh, state assembly, whether it's state senate, whether it's the Congress, the Senate, the presidency. You, if you have the opportunity to meet a Democrat who is in support of Joe Biden, you know what you should ask? You should ask one question. You just have to ask them one question and you'll watch the gears jam in their head. What do you love? about america 99 times out of 100 do you know what they'll say we have a duty to protect all these people and all this stuff but they'll never tell you what they love about america if somebody walks up to you and asks you what you love about your spouse you're able to give an answer 
They're funny. They're smart. Uh, they're caring. They're compassionate. They're great. If you were a Democrat operating as someone who was asked why you love your spouse, you would say whatever their identity is. You would say how you're trying to perfect them and that they're, 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 they care about the environment. But what do you love about America? We could, do an, we could do an experiment. I can ask you in this audience to call in and tell me what you love about America. And you could probably tell me what you love about America. We don't really hear that from Joe and Cammy and Jill and Doug. We just don't. There's something weird about it. America needs to be perfected in their mind, not defended. Why? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Waterbull Show, 704-570-1110. All right, let's uh, jump out and talk to Ed first up. Ed, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. What I'm hearing as, as a person born in the United States of America and knowing at one point pretty much the Constitution and what it entails, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court ruling has to be overcome by all of Congress voting to defend the country. Yeah. Well, no, and no matter what the Supreme Court is doing, yeah. because they cannot be allowed, this cannot be allowed. Right. Yeah, no, it's a fair, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, Ed. But here, here's the problem. Let's let's take this invasion and set it aside for a second. Let's pretend. Serious question, and I, I'd love to hear what you all think about this. So let's say in the next forty-eight hours we get word that Vladimir Putin and the Russians have grabbed a piece of Alaska, that they want Alaska back, and they decide to make a military move on Alaska. They, they, they have landing craft. They have, uh, they have troops that land uh, in Alaska. And, and, I'm, and I'm, could it be in the Aleutian chain? Maybe. But, but I'm talking about actually mainland Alaska. Do you think... Do you think that the people of Alaska would be allowed to defend themselves against the Russian forces? Would would Joe Biden, would the Supreme Court say you cannot shoot at the Russian forces who have landed in Alaska? Um, would they have to get permission from the great father in uh, Washington, D.C. to defend their property, their places, their would, would would that go to the Supreme Court? We 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 it's me. It's a Joe Biden. Hi, uh, John John Roberts. I need you to a rule on this whether or not the 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 purchase of Alaska is still valid. Could it's just a small incursion. Remember when he said the small incursion would be okay if Russia just grabbed a a piece of Ukraine if it was just a if it was a small insertion into the Ukrainian. Do you remember when, when he said if it was just a small insertion into the Ukrainian people? What, what would happen there? Do you think, you think this administration will defend American sovereignty in that, in that regard? Think China balloon, baby. Larry, welcome to the program. How you doing, Brett? I'm well, thanks. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Um, I, just, I just had a, another thought I spoke with on with your call screener and 
If Biden can ignore the Supreme Court over college tuition, mm. why can't the state of Texas ignore the Supreme Court? Way if to law go. doesn't stand, yep. then where are we? Way to go. Way to go. That is a productive and important point you raised. If they can ignore the ruling by the Supreme Court and still hand out money, then then why why should why should Texas have to abide by this? You know, I, that's a great that's a great point, Larry. That's a winner, a big winner right there. Thank well, you. I, I've been thinking about that all day and, you mm-hmm. know, batted it off a friend this morning. And we're like, yep. if, if rules don't apply for one side, they don't apply for the other. And if the Supreme Court yep. is not going to be a harbinger of fairness, then why do we even listen to them anymore? Well, there we that's go. We have three. That's why we have three uh, divisions of government yep. is so that we can break ties. You know, that's exactly and, right. That's exactly great stuff, Larry. That's a perfect point. That's a dynamite point. Uh, Tom, welcome to the program, Tom. All right, real quickly, this is a little satirical song about Donald Trump when he was in the House, in the White House, and may get back in the White House. It's called Tweeting Donald. He tweets in the White House all night long, tweeting and a tweeting about being done wrong. The wild old owl, Joe Coffee, get together with Nick Abrency and tweet about Donald. Tweet, tweet. Tweeting Donald. All right. That's a very uh, fairly talented uh, uh, comment that you made. Tweeting Donald. I mean, look. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah, you got to say X. He sits in the White House Xing all night. No. Whoa. No. You can't do X. You can't be doing X out there. 704-570-1110. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WVT. Okay, now a man who may very well, it's possible here, folks. I, I got to verify this. Uh, a man who, who may have scuba gear on because of the rain that's happening where he's calling from. Jim, Jim, welcome to the program. Uh, I, I hope everything is okay. I know you've got your, 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 your wide bottom end on and you've got, your, uh, you've got all your stuff set up with the, with the diving gear. What's going on? Are you safe? Oh, my God. We are so underwater. It looks like the mortgage crisis in 2008. Oh, wow. Well done. Well played. That's a Thank callback. You, sir. So, uh, yeah, Thank I'm, you, I'm hoping look, you're safe, though. I mean, that's, you know, I see you flooding. Yeah, you. I'm good. I uh, I had the presence of mind once it started really coming down. I just went home and took a powder and good move. listened to the Brett Winterville Show podcast. Woo! That's good to have you back. What's uh, What's on your mind today? Yeah, I got to defend this guy, the guy with the Twitter song parody. Uh-huh. Um, even though he's stepping on uh, Terry's coattails, uh, it's it's a valid, it's a valid point that has to be made. Um, 
Uh, in 2016, it made the all the difference for uh, Donald Trump to be elected. Uh, he did four interviews on the Howard Stern show, and Howard Stern at the time had 33 million mm-hmm. listeners a day because of the, his uh, installing serious radios in uh, every car that was rolling off the assembly plants in the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, he was at the pinnacle of his listenership, and uh, at the time, uh, Donald Trump was on Twitter. He wasn't being bridled or constricted by any uh, nefarious forces. And guess how many listeners or uh, Twitter followers he had? Uh, how many? 33 million. Wow, look at that. Holy so, cow. Yep. See, so uh, either there were 66 million people out there that liked listening to what Donald Trump has to say. Yes. Or it's the same 33 million people. Either way, in 2020, they made sure it didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, suppressed and constricted, and uh, his uh, freedom of speech was violated in every way, shape, and form. So this coming election, they don't have that. Thanks to Elon Musk, now whatever you want to call it, whatever uh, alphabet soup you want to apply to it, he is unbridled. He has his First Amendment capability back, and it will be in all due, in all respects. For Joe Biden, it will be a high-tech lynching. I guarantee. You. Well, no, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. It'll be. It'll, it's going to be. It's going to be uh, a truth socialing. I'm sure, even more than he would have ever done on the on Twitter. Because I mean, he now he now he yeah, owns. He's got, a, he's got two now. Yeah, he's, and, he owns a platform. Yeah, so he, he's going to be going back and forth to his truth social to Twitter just. Slamming the phone this way and that way. Yeah, but does he have to? But head? does he? But does he have to? Because he can get attention just by calling a, a press conference or you know speaking to the. Uh, he loves it to the press. He loves it. He he's Very a maven of it. He he loves the direct to him. That's a tactile event. He can get something back um, right away. That's who he is. Um, even uh, calling a press conference. Uh, he has to go through the motions with everybody, with his press secretary, yes. White House staff. Yes. Yeah, with this, he just has to pick that thing up off his nightstand and start hammering away while Melania is tugging at his his uh, his pajamas. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. All right. Well, that's good stuff. I appreciate the call there, uh, Jim. Uh, you, you you knocked it out of the park, and I'm glad you're you're safe and dry, my friend. All right. Same for you. You guys got some rain going on there. Yeah, we got a little bit of rain. It's like drizzle. It's like a drizzle thing. So, Whoa. but you're listen. Okay. You're you're you know what? Let's let's just leave it there. All right. Thank you very much. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WVD seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. All right. I uh see. I just drew you off sides, didn't I? Yes, I did. Okay, that's cool. That was that was my fault, not yours. I want to play a clip. Let's go to a clip. This is an important clip, and you need to hear this sound. Okay. This is cut number twenty. Steve Garvey is running for the uh, uh, Senate seat uh, in California that Dianne Feinstein uh, uh, bailed on. She died. She didn't bail, but she's no longer there. Um, So Steve Garvey is running, and he gets into a back and forth with Shifty Schiff. And I got to tell you, I like the cut of the jib on Steve Garvey because he lets Adam Schiff have it. Cut 20. I think you've been censored for lying. You I was censured by standing up to and a corrupt this president. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The same corrupt president. Mr. Garvey's turn. Let him go. Or trying to 
determine who we are by race or by color or by gender. They never listen. They have prearranged words to say. And by the way, I would not vote for a federal ban on abortion. Let's make that clear right now. Thank you, Mr. Garvey. All right, we're going we're we're to insist on answering. All right. just called a liar by Mr. Garvey. Okay, 30 Mr. seconds. Mr. Garvey, I was censured for standing up to a corrupt president. And you know something? I would do it all over again. What? Because that corrupt president, that president who's been indicted with 94 felony, 91 felony counts, that president that you won't refuse to support, yeah, he's a danger, and I will stand up to him and Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan and any of those MAGA enablers of his in the Congress. The reason why our democracy is in trouble is because folks don't have the courage to stand up when they need to. Okay, thank you very much. Sir, we're going to keep. We're going to keep. We're going to keep let moving. Me, let me just heap that. Both my name. <laughs> All right. R real quick, sir, you lied to 300 million people. You can't take that back. Okay, we're gonna. Whoa, go and you should the face. The face on Adam Schiff is like the worst face you've ever seen. Uh, it looks like he just sucked back, uh, you know, a whole bunch of pickle juice. He's just he's so mad that Garvey said to him, "You you lied to three hundred million people." Well done, well done, Mister Garvey. I appreciate that. Appreciate that greatly. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the first big visit so far of the official campaign season with our good friend, uh, Dr. Spencer Kimball from Emerson College, Emerson College Polling. Uh, uh, Spencer, it's great to have you on the program. How are you? Brett, it's been too long. It sure has. Good to be able to catch up. Well, uh, let's let's catch up on what's happening just north of you. Some people would refer to this uh, primary as the Boston primary. W what do we expect uh, tonight? What are you hearing and what are you feeling about this race? Well, I had a chance to be up at Manchester yesterday, and it was surprising to see just really the lack of signage, what you normally see in a primary uh, with Trump and Haley. Uh, it seemed very under the radar, and obviously on the Democratic side, uh, there was a few Williamson and uh, you know, a couple of signs out there, but nothing like what we've seen, you know, for the last 20, 30 years in New Hampshire. So they do report that it's going to have maybe a record turnout. So it'll be interesting to see if these voters come out despite what we look at as enthusiasm on the ground. If, if the uh, current president is successful in getting his name written in on the ballot, will, will he be awarded Democrat delegates as a write-in candidate will he will he be able to re use those at the convention no uh new hampshire democrats is kind of like where florida and michigan were in 2008 uh -huh. they've given up their delegates in order to move their primary before south carolina and so they're whatever number of delegates that could be one uh none of them at this time will be counted now generally what happens is they say it won't be counted and then we get to the convention and they don't want to disenfranchise New Hampshire, and so they'll count those delegates. Um, obviously, it was really competitive in 2008 mm -hmm. when Clinton was trying to bring those Florida delegates back into the fold. I don't think that's going to be a problem, though the president, President Biden, is, is not going to do as well tonight mm -hmm. as what you would expect him to do, particularly like in South Carolina or in Nevada. 
Um, I think if he gets into the 70s, that would be a good night for him. Wow. It, it could, could this become like an LBJ thing for, uh, for, for, uh, for Biden? So, right, with LBJ, you had McCarthy, who, Eugene McCarthy in 68, who gets around, you know, 40 percent, 38, and then scares out uh, Johnson. That brings in Kennedy. So it's not that Dean Phillips would be the alternative, but it would highlight a weakness within the presidency if, you know, Dean Phillips was able to clear 25 points or so. Um, But part of it is that voters don't understand how to write in a candidate. Well, you know, yeah. they normally check a box. Joe Biden's name's not there. And so in our polling, when we first polled it about five, three, four months ago, he was at 29, 30 um, percent. It wasn't that they were voting for the other people. They were just blanking it. because They didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. We have seen that the Democrats have spent some money up in New Hampshire and they've educated voters because then over the next two polls, we saw his number jump up by about 20 points and then another 10. So he's around 60 percent in our polling. Uh, but that's obviously still about 20 points below where he is in South Carolina and Nevada. If you were hypothetically laying action on on the Republican side tonight, what are you expecting? Obviously, much was made about Dixville Notch. That's always that's always a, an interesting kind of a, a story for the beginning of the of the voting in the morning. Uh, what are you expecting between Trump and uh, and Nikki Haley tonight? I'm, I'm expecting a 60-40 Trump lead. Uh, all of the polling has been going in that direction. You know, we've studied this race since March. Back in March, Trump was at 58%. Over the course of the year, we've seen his numbers fall a little bit as more candidates enter the field. And there was a, a real pivotal, pivotal moment in Iowa. His numbers were coming down in New Hampshire, going into the Iowa caucus, and he performed probably above expectations in Iowa mm-hmm. um, and got a bump out of there. And all of that momentum that Haley was picking up in New Hampshire seems to have stalled. And when we came back in the field, she generally just picked up the points from Christie dropping out of the race. Um, and that will get her closer to 40. But in a two-person race, that leaves you pretty far behind the, the, the front runner. For sure. Uh, visiting with uh, Spencer Kimball from Emerson College, Emerson College polling. Uh, you, can, you can follow all of the great stuff that they do. Um, as you look at this with an eye towards South Carolina and then beyond, um, do you expect that Nikki Haley will be able to uh, move into South Carolina? Do you expect this will be wrapped up pretty quickly? Uh, what are you seeing, say, for the next uh, you know, 45 days or so? So if we looked at the 2016 New Hampshire primary, Trump wins 35 percent of the independent vote and 35 percent of the Republican vote. And that's what 2016 looks like. Mm-hmm. In 2024, Trump is still winning 35 percent of the independent vote, but now he's winning 65 percent of the Republican vote. So as we go further south and we go into closed primary states, Trump is now the, the party candidate in 2016. He was kind of knocking out those party folks and riding the, 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 the wave of independence. Now he's got the, the, the party behind him. And so I, we polled South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina generally holds their vote numbers. Remember, that's where Biden was able to turn things around yep. uh, in his race after losing those first contests. And so she might try to make the same play, but there was a lot of different uh, variables at stake in that in that 2020 race when Biden was able to successfully use South Carolina to launch him to the nomination. Right now, she's down by 30 points in our polling with DeSantis in the race and, and a few others. So I presume that's probably you know going to go up a few points 
um, depending on, on tonight. So it doesn't look like a, a good firewall for her. Mm-hmm. And depending on the results tonight, uh, it could be uh, you know, close to the end of the nominating contest. All right. Uh, great stuff from uh, Spencer Kimball. Spencer uh, works uh, with uh, the, the great folks over at Emerson College Polling. He's also a professor at Emerson College itself in, in, uh, in Boston. Appreciate your time, and we're looking forward to get, catching up with you when we get into the general uh, time uh, here in, uh, in, in, in North Carolina and South Carolina. Thanks so much for coming by, Spencer. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brett. You're very welcome. That's Spencer Kimball. Plenty more straight ahead. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterble Show. Great to be with you here today, and it's a pleasure to spend time with you. We're taking your phone calls. want to talk about the presidential race. We're happy to hear from you, 704-570-1110. Earlier today, because I listened to WBT all day long, from, from first thing in the morning until late, late at night, I, uh, I enjoy the uh, programming here, and I know you do as well. And I was listening to Vince Coakley uh, earlier today, and he was giving us uh, a, a very interesting perspective on the issue of faith, and specifically uh, faith and how it interfaces with the politics of the day. And I wanted you to hear this. This is cut number uh, 19, Vince Coakley talking uh, about uh, what it is that he thinks is the important takeaway when it's faith and politics. Go. A lot of professing Christians have allowed themselves to be swept into politics and they eat, drink, sleep, not just politics, but this is where the whole Trump thing has come in because these things have happened together. This has been a, uh, it's been a, it's really been a perfect storm because it's all come at the same time. And I do believe in, in in the lives of many Christians, Donald Trump has become the functional God of a lot of believers. With this in mind, I want to read this post from Timothy Price. The Christian who is concerned about the government is proof positive that they do not understand the teaching of Jesus, nor do they have a place in his kingdom from which to operate, exist, and function from. Churchianity has kept people existing the same as unregenerate people. What a sad commentary. 
God wants to set people free from the slavery of the world's politics and existence in order to be truth, love, justice, goodness, and everything the world talks about but can never do. That's a powerful post. See, this, this is the sad thing about it, because if we truly understand the kingdom of God, by the way, it reminds me of one of my favorite songs. Ryan Canoli leads on a worship song years ago called Righteousness, Peace, and Joy. Righteousness, Peace, and Joy. Um, it's, I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. If we truly understood what that means, we would not put so much time and energy in trying to attain political power. I think it shows that we really do not understand the gospel or the kingdom. We don't. Because we'd recognize that rather than looking, and, 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 I'm, and I don't mean this to be nasty, but rather than looking to these unregenerate, wretched human beings, wretched politicians, they ought to be coming to us. Instead, we're running after them for political power to be at the table. If I hear that phrase one more time, I'm going to barf. I don't want to be at any more of these tables. I really don't. All right, so that, that's Vince Coakley's take earlier today, about 11, 11 11.30 this morning. And, and I have thoughts about this, and I think it's important to understand that while Vince is, is certainly speaking with that conviction, I believe that a variety of politicians and a variety of people can advance us even towards holiness, even if they're not holy people per se. See, I believe that there are people who can be utilized by God in all sorts of ways. David was certainly an example for people uh, but he certainly did things that were terrible. We think about Charles Martel, the person most responsible for defending Western civilization in 732 with the Muslim conquest coming up into France. Charles Martel is not a saint in the, in the Catholic Church. He's not a saint in, in, in any possible way. He was somebody that was used to stop the onslaught against the Franks, against the people in, in France. Longinus. Longinus. That is somebody that comes to mind in, in, in my world uh, as well. And it's somebody you know who this is. You know who Longinus is. You may not know that, you may not know him by that name, but Longinus was a blind Roman centurion who thrust the spear into Christ's side at the crucifixion. Some of his blood fell upon his eyes and he was healed. Upon that miracle, Longinus believed in Jesus. These are people, Simon Cyrene, Simon of Cyrene, the, the great bystander, the person who carried the cross, for Christ.
And he was roped into doing it. So what does all this mean? What this means is even Donald Trump, even, dare I say, Joe Biden, even those people where you sit back and you say, I don't believe that they're people of faith, they can serve as examples. They can get things right. They, they can certainly do the right thing, but not be expressly faith-driven. Like a, like a pastor, a priest. This, this, is, this is the lesson here. Politics is a dirty business, but it is the administration of state that has got to be maintained. The, the state has got to be maintained. You have to have roads and bridges, and you have to have a military to defend the country, and you have to have a, a Department of Homeland Security to leave the, the doors wide open so that the Supreme Court can ensure another 10 million people come in in the next eight months. That's sarcasm. And yet many of those people on the Supreme Court tout their faith. They tout it when they testify uh, to become a Supreme Court justice. They talk about their faith and they still make bad decisions. They still make bad decisions. Taney made a terrible decision in Dred Scott. These are sometimes the exemplars of what you should not do. And then you have people like Longinus, who is somebody that was transformed, not by politics, but by faith. Taking your thoughts straight ahead. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Good to be with you. 704-570-1110. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson said he would not be interested in running for office, including as Donald Trump's vice president, TJ. But the thing is, we're hearing he could be persuaded to change that stance. With Republican primary season underway and Trump leading the ever-shrinking pack, there's a lot of speculation who's going to be his number two. Would you want to be number two? kind of a cool job because he's going to make all the decisions all you have to do is just kind of be be a part of it it is pretty low uh, requirement right like what you got to do while tucker's name is being tossed around he has always rebuffed the idea as recently as a month ago he was talking to megan kelly politics are not for him not as a career well, you could do it for like four years and then and then beat feet Right now, sources with direct knowledge that usually means Tucker Carlson told them this. Okay, Tucker hasn't explicitly changed that tune around those in his inner circle. Do you have an inner circle, by the way? Uh, Inner, outer, um, east to west, the whole thing. So, like, if if say President Trump, former President Trump, said, "TJ, I need you as my VP." 
Do you have an inner circle you could like immediately tap? Would I be in your inner circle for that kind of a yeah yeah discussion? You'd, you'd be in the circle. I, I would still need you to come in and. Do, I mean, my decision's already made, but you'd I, be in the circle. I would still need you to come in and, and do the show from three to seven. Oh, okay. Okay, and that would like that would be, but the rest of the time you could be veeping. Okay, I definitely would need uh, you know a pay raise for that. Well, you're going to get paid by the government. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, I'll we'll kick you a couple. I'll be on the government stole. That's fine. My hair's too good to stand next to Trump, though. He would he would hate that. What would, he, would he think he'd make you get like a bowl cut or he'd something? He'd be like, yeah, mm. your hair's too good to stand next to whatever that is on his head. That What's on his head is his hair. That's what he keeps saying. Are you implying... Are you are you implying alternative hair I'm hair ju- products? I'm just saying what I've seen. That's all I'm saying. Sources with direct knowledge. Now sources with direct knowledge tell us Tucker hasn't explicitly changed his tunes around those in his inner circle. But we're told that there's a feeling from several in the orbit. So he's got an inner circle and then he's got an orbit. That's a lot. That's that's see this is why it's stressful to be a, a vice president. Because you have an orbit and you have an inner circle. He has a 277 loop and a 485 Yes! Loop. Well done! The inner and the outer. Yes! TJ for president. He's got it. He's good. Would you finally disclose where the 704 freeway is? Shut your mouth! Okay. Uh, we're also told there's a feeling from several in his orbit, that's like two, that he could actually be convinced to dive in with Trump if push came to shove. Here's what we're hearing from the people in his world. T.C. is Tucker Carlson. T.C. of late has been expressing to some in his orbit that Trump is selecting a Republican along the lines of Nikki Haley, who's the only real challenger at this point. Tim Scott or even Mike Pompeo would be a, quote, disaster for the country. We're told if Tucker feels Trump is making a bad choice for the country, he might be willing to throw his hat in the ring as another, and in his eyes, better option for Trump. Wait, so you're going to, like, bench other guys that have actually been in this game? Really? Because, I mean, you do TV. Like, he's a TV guy. Our sources say people in Trump's world have been kicking around Tucker's name internally. That's got to hurt. We're even told that there's a few Trump surrogates quietly pushing for him behind the scenes. Okay, you know what this means? This means it's probably going to be like Vivek. Like, you get all the upside with Vivek that you would get with Tucker, except for the following of people who follow Tucker. Take into consideration, by the way, TJ, because this is if you wanted to get in the orbit or the inner circle, Don Jr. himself has also name-dropped Tucker in the VP conversation. So, yes, there's definitely a little momentum, although we're not told – we're told uh, Tucker himself has not expressed direct interest in the – why are you – see, why are you doing this? Why are you obsessing over what might, it could – I mean, I know it's TMZ – but I mean, the fact of the matter is, you shouldn't be. You got to be serious about that. You got to be. You can't just. You can't just like be like, "Hey, I'm in. I'm out. I'm the inner. I'm the outer." I can't do it. <laughs> was that was that from the deliberations earlier today? 
Really? Are, is our microphone still there? What's what? What are we hearing now? Uh, let's let's see what the microphone's. <laughs> oh my god! That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. Wow. Wow. It, it is no. It is notable that on the TMZ website, by the way, just above this debate issue about could Tucker Carlson be convinced to be Trump's VP, the top line TMZ investigates obsessed and dangerous. Hollywood's stalker crisis. Will we finally get to the truth? By the way, remember like two weeks ago? Do you remember two weeks ago? Do you remember two weeks ago everything was Epstein Island? What happened with that? Where'd the list go? What happened? People want to know. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A very wise man, Gary Myers, points out. Winterbull Show. I agree with you, brother. Other than Jesus, every single person that God used, has used, or will use is a wretched sinner. Good observation. Good stuff there. Let's find out uh, what Nikki Haley had to say this morning, uh, this morning, uh, on uh, Foxy Friends. Uh, That's what I call the show. I'm sorry. I just call it Foxy Friends. Um, This is how the interview went. It was a little, I'm not going to lie to you, a little chippy. Go. If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? No, I don't get out if I lose today. I mean, first of all, again, I'm going to say this. We've had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump, and you're going to say that's what the country wants. That's not what the country wants. We're going to have New Hampshire vote today. They deserve to have the power of their voice said. I have won South Carolina twice. Do they support Trump? Of course they do. I voted for Trump twice. I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president going forward. There's a difference between support and where you want our country to go. I'm going to fight just as hard in South Carolina as I did before. But do you worry the the Iowa polls were right? The distance was about what the polls were. Right now, you're down double digits in probably the last three major polls. And in South Carolina, I think you're down 40 or 50 points. Um, so do you think those polls are that dramatically wrong and you can make up that difference? Well, in I'm not down 40 or 50 points in South Carolina. I think we need to have a current poll in South Carolina. But I'll also tell you this. When I ran for governor, I ran against an attorney general, lieutenant governor and a popular congressman. Mm-hmm. And I worked it and fought for it and earned it. I'm going to go into South Carolina and do the same thing. I take nothing for so granted. So there's no scenario where it stops tonight? Of course not. We've already made yeah. our ad buy. Yeah, how many you I mean, four million in ads? We've put in an ad buy. I don't know how much yeah. it is, but it's strong. We saved sure. our money. I hoarded. All right. So here's here's the question, and I'm and I'm being I'm being a a, a, a fair arbiter here. I don't hear from a lot of Nikki Haley supporters. I didn't hear from a lot of Ron DeSantis supporters. I, I, I know some of the Ron DeSantis supporters, and some of the Ron DeSantis supporters are very high-profile people that, that, I, that I adore and, and think are great. But in terms of, like, organic phone calls coming in, and I understand it's a very limited universe because, you know, not everybody's going to call a radio show. I have not heard from the passionate defenders of Nikki Haley, the passionate defenders of DeSantis, the passionate defenders of, I, I, geez, I think we've had about four calls um, in support of Joe Biden in the last three and a half years. 
you don't really hear a lot from them. Trump, I mean, if I if I if I do this, I, I, I can do it right now. We could actually do we'll do it as an experiment. We'll do it as an acid test here. OK, ready? Here's the acid test. If you're a Trump supporter, call me right now. You don't even have to have an opinion on it. It's just are you a Trump supporter? Call me now. Are you a Nikki Haley supporter? Call me now. You could just do a check in like you don't even have to say, hey, I want to talk about his her tax policy. Are you a Nikki Haley supporter? Are you a DeSantis supporter? Are you a Trump supporter? Are, are you a, I mean, we, we don't get a lot of those. Oh, okay, good, perfect. Look, I say it and it happens. I love this. Tommy, are you a, uh, are you a Haley supporter? Yeah, give me one second and put my speakerphone on. Go ahead, sir. Are you there? I'm here, buddy. Yeah, I am a passionate Nikki Haley supporter. I will vote for Trump like I did the last time if he's the nominee. But I'll tell you why I support Nikki Haley. Sure. Nikki Haley did something that a lot of uh, candidates or a lot of political uh, politicians won't do. She put her entire political career on the line after the shooting in Charleston. Mm -hmm. She brought together Democrats and Republicans, and she did something that most politicians wouldn't state of South Carolina, and that was to remove the Confederate flag mm -hmm. from the state house grounds. That's very true. Now, whether whether you support the flag or don't, I support everyone's right to fly whatever flag they want to fly in their yard, mm -hmm. on their property, but that flag uh, don't belong on government grounds. I have a Confederate flag. It's in my shed. I love my Confederate flag. I support anyone's right to fly their LGBT flag yeah. or their uh, Black Lives Matter flag, even if I don't support that. That's why I was in the military. That's why I was in the Army, to support your right to Bless fly you. what flag and support what you you uh, what you agree with. I don't have to agree with you, but I support your right to fly your flag. Right. But that flag is not a government flag and mm -hmm. did not belong on the state mm -hmm. house ground. And I support Nikki Haley because she had balls that most men don't have. Mm -hmm. She put her entire political career on the line to do something to unify the state of South Carolina. I, I grew up in South Carolina. I'm not in South Carolina anymore. I'm in North Carolina. Sure. But I have a lot of respect for a politician that will do that. That's why I support her. Right, you're a great patriot, and I appreciate you calling in, Tommy. And you call me anytime. That was a very, very important statement you made. Thank you for calling, sir. Thank you, Brett. You're very welcome. That's Tommy. That's Tommy. That's Tommy with passion and, and Tommy with um, uh, an easily articulatable reason to support her, to, to back her up, all that sort of stuff. But but I mean, the fact of the matter is, whether you're a Trump supporter, whether you're a Haley supporter, uh, whether you're a, um, an RFK Jr. supporter, perhaps you're a Buttigieg supporter. I mean, look, a lot of people support a lot of people for a lot of reasons, but not everybody manifests with, with the calls. Not everybody manifests with the calls. It, that, that's that's the point I'm making. I, that's I am willing to lay on the on the line here. Uh, approaching five dollars, that that's maybe the most passionate and only Haley caller we've gotten basically in this cycle. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but that I mean, it's the Haley backers been a little bit crickety. You know, just like quiet, quiet, quiet. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Gordon G Chang is going to come by next. I have to say George Chang. Gordon G Chang is coming by next. China is in turmoil. Uh, they they are looking at a multi-trillion dollar bailout because their stock market is, I guess, imploding. What does this mean and what's the danger for us? 
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Welcoming back to the program. Uh, we caught up last week, and uh, we've got big developments I wanted to follow up with with uh, Gordon G. Chang. Follow him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China. And boy, that title seems incredibly uh, prescient as of uh, right now with, with the uh, China stocks crashing and Beijing proposing multi-trillion dollar market rescue packages. What's going on, Gordon? Well, what's going on is that the Chinese stock market, Brent, is the worst performer in the world. The um, benchmark CSI 300 index is down for three consecutive years. Wow. And in this month alone, it's fallen about 7%. Now, yesterday, or today, actually, because of uh, the time difference, um, it recovered a little bit because there are rumors that China plans to pump in $289 billion of state money into listed stocks, which, by the way, is a renationalization of these companies. Oh, my gosh. So if an American company is doing business there, could they be subjected to nationalization? Well, you know, basically what Beijing is doing with this is they're putting it into state companies. Gotcha. Um, and Chinese private companies. They're not putting it into foreign ones because mm-hmm. they generally are not listed there. Gotcha. Um, what What does this mean for uh, Li, Li Kang and, and also, obviously, uh, the, the current uh, head of, of of the government there in Xi Jinping. Uh, th- this this sounds like it's a perilous time, Gordon. Well, it is because it's a very clear indication that Xi Jinping's policies are not working. Uh, Li Chang, the premier, he's basically a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's technically the head of the state council, which means the head of the Chinese central government. Um, but Xi Jinping has been running the show. And Xi Jinping is basically a Maoist, and he's trying to impose these Mao-like solutions. And uh, Chinese stock investors, they're just not buying it. And then foreign investors are bailing out as fast as they can. Now, that, now that's a scary thing, because that's, that's how you get that beatdown happening. But, but on top of that, we have a demographic crisis. We have uh, an unemployment crisis. Uh, is this the sort of thing that could presage... Uh, potentially a, a military action uh, overseas to try to change the subject uh, for, 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 the, uh, for the Chinese people. That's what I really worry about, Brett, because mm-hmm. if you step back and look at this, there is only one solution for Xi Jinping to stay in power, and that is to invade somebody. The only thing that we really don't know is whether Xi Jinping views this realistically, because he's a Maoist, and so he loves his Maoist solutions. He thinks they're going to work. And so he's probably a little bit more optimistic about his chances than we are. But there's got to be a lot of people high up in Beijing who realize their only way out is to kill people. Wow. Okay. Um, we, we have this very important uh, primary taking place, obviously, in, in New Hampshire. Uh, you're, you're, you're watching all of this stuff. What, what, is, uh, what is the rooting interest for China other than Joe Biden continuing in the role that, that he is in? Uh, what are they feeling uh, about uh, Donald Trump and a potential return? Uh, they haven't said very much, but I tend to think they don't want Trump to come back. Um, and that's a long and involved conversation. But sure. what they don't like about Trump is not that he is hostile, quote unquote. Chinese leaders can deal with hostile American presidents, and they've done that all the time. Sure. What they really don't like about Trump is his unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And so that makes them really nervous. 
And also Trump happens to be very popular with the Chinese people. They don't like that either. Wow. That's an angle I'd never heard, Gordon. The, the, the people of China are, are, are enamored with Trump? Yeah, they like Trump because he speaks his mind mm -hmm. and because, you know, he's just not politically correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they compare them with Xi Jinping, who is sort of controlled and, you know, doesn't say very much, doesn't expose himself to, yeah. you know, public interviews and stuff like that. They just love Trump. Wow. Um, I mean, it's not like they endorse his policies or sure. anything. They like the style of the way Trump is governed and the way he conducts himself. Well, this is this is going to be a fascinating uh, story moving forward. Uh, Gordon Chang, thanks so much for joining us here. Follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. We appreciate uh, all your analysis and insights. And thank you for coming by today, my friend. Oh, well, thanks, Brett. And um, stay safe. It's getting a little dangerous out there. It sure is. It sure is. Holy cow. Uh, Gordon Chang, all the best to you. Uh, that's um, that's something we really got to think about here, folks. Let me grab this call uh, from Mark. Mark is a Biden supporter. Mark, welcome to the program. Yes, uh, this is uh, Marvin, actually. Uh, oh, Marvin, yes, welcome, I'm, welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm voting for Biden for the following reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why you don't have Biden uh, uh, supporters calling your radio show, because he's going to lean to the right no matter what. Mm -hmm. The format is set up like that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's uh, WBT mm -hmm. uh, business week. You know, it is your radio station. But uh, when you look in the mirror, uh, Trump, the one who closed down the country, mm -hmm. Trump is the one who sexually assaulted uh, uh, females mm -hmm. more than once. Mm -hmm. Trump is the one who had 91 criminal charges against him. Mm -hmm. The Republicans won't vote for border security because Ron Johnson is calling Trump and asking for permission. And President Trump saying no, because I want to use it for a political, mm -hmm. my, uh, political game. The man had one agenda himself. So uh, that's why you're not hearing from Biden, because we know we're going to follow deaf ears. Mm -hmm. The audience is leaning to the right. Mm -hmm. The section leaning to the right. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it's a useless point to keep pointing out the same thing. And I can say the, the country was closed down uh -huh. by Donald J. Trump when, when uh, COVID came. He was in charge. He shut down everything. Mm -hmm. So can I can I correct? Can I correct one thing that you said? I, and it's just it's just a factual matter. Um, it's it's actually the argument is Mike Johnson, who's the Speaker of the House, not Ron Johnson. Yes, yes. Ron, I'm, I'm Ron Johnson's like, he's kind of a goofy senator. But um, uh, let me let me ask you this: w w setting aside Trump, setting aside Trump, what what policy do you like the best uh, under the uh, under the Biden Harris administration? Uh, well, uh, uh, a couple of things. First, they uh, looked to try to. Even the playing field for uh, people that was having problems with their uh, paying back the student loan. Uh -huh. If you went to college and you got a student loan and it's going to take you 30 years to pay it off, right. you, that's the same length of time they're going to take most people to pay off their home. Next, the country is producing just as much oil as when Trump was in uh, office. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, they're producing more. The stock market had about almost doubled since uh, Joe Biden had taken office. Mm -hmm. One thing was a downfall. Oil prices went up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, vendors have taken advantage of the fact that uh, wages was raised, so they decided we're going to get our money no matter what. So they had to pay the workers more, so they raised all the prices. That's something outside the president's realm. 
so it's a lot of things to be doing well. There's going to be a lot of things that can be better. But I know one thing for sure. The country will suffer under Donald Trump. There's I, not, nothing he has said. He haven't came out with one uh, one agenda mm-hmm. to say what he's going to do as president. Other than he's going to get everybody that ever said a word to him. He's going to let all the people out of jail and call them hostages. A hostage is somebody well, that's, yeah, a, uh, yeah. that's an Israeli mm-hmm. being held by Hamas. That's a hostage. Well, Not the people that, that bur- would try to burn down the Capitol, yeah. hang the vice president of the United States, yeah. and, and he's going to pardon okay. him? Come on now. What Mar- kind of man is that? Ma- Marvin. And if you could go along with that, hey, be- best of luck to you. Marvin, do me a favor. Stay in touch with us. Call us from time to time. You're more than welcome to be on the show, and, I, and I'd love to get your perspective moving forward. Thank you for calling You're today, very sir. You're welcome. That's certainly the wheel. All right, you got yeah. it. That's Marvin. Check it in. I appreciate that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brent Winterville Show, and it means that's, that theme means Beth Troutman is with us today. Uh, Beth Troutman, it's good to have you back on the program. How are you? Hello. I'm thrilled to be back. I always love, love, love joining you. You know, that's very nice of you, and I, and I do appreciate it. Are you going to stay up until the wee small hours of the, of the evening uh, t- tonight to, to wait and see what these results look like? I mean, what are we to make? What are we expecting to hear? You know, um, I, because I get up in the wee, wee hours of the morning, I will probably sleep through the first part of it and get the results. <laughs> Good I move. Up Smart move. While everyone else is asleep. Um, you know, I, I honestly, and, and this is being 100% honest, I don't know what to expect. Um, the polls have been so all over the place with New Hampshire. And, you know, there was the wild card through most of that polling that had Ron DeSantis as part of it, although he was only polling around 6%. But the margin of error in some of those polls was such that it put Donald Trump and Nikki Haley neck and neck. Um, I, I think that there is, um, as, as Mick Mulvaney would say, a non-zero chance that, that Nikki Haley wins this. You know, it, it's not a, a, a zero percent chance that she does, that, that, that she wins. I think that there's a, a, a shot in the dark, um, that she does win New Hampshire if she does. And you said this this morning, and I thought it was quite, um, astute that, if she does, then there's going to be a, a great deal of, of money that is funneled into yep. her campaign, whether it be from moderate Republicans, mm-hmm. whether it be from Democrats, whether it be from independents, whether it be from the the um, you know the the the, the even very conservative Republicans yep. who don't want Trump, you know, who want anybody but Trump. Right. Um, that will certainly inject some more life into her campaign, but South Carolina is going to be a, mm-hmm. a difficult one for her because I 
I think Trump will win South Carolina pretty easily, and that's not an easy thing for her to talk no. about because it's her state. Okay, uh, can, can, can I jump in? Can I jump in here really quick here? Because absolutely. I want I want to play a clip for you. This is this is from Fox and Friends this morning. I always call them Foxy Friends. This is Fox and Friends this morning, <laughs> and they were kind of mal- they kind of mulled her. They they were kind of like um, mugging her, and and I was I was a little put I was put off by it actually. No no joke. Uh, cut number eighteen. <laughs> If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? No, I don't get out if I lose today. I mean, first of all, again, I'm going to say this. We've had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump, and you're going to say that's what the country wants. That's not what the country wants. We're going to have New Hampshire vote today. They deserve to have the power of their voice said. I have won South Carolina twice. Do they support Trump? Of course they do. I voted for Trump twice. I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president going forward. There's a difference between support and where you want our country to go. I'm going to fight just as hard in South Carolina as I did before. But do you worry the, the Iowa polls were right? The distance was about what the polls were. Right now, you're down double digits in probably the last three major polls. And in South Carolina, I think you're down 40 or 50 points. Um, so do you think those polls are that dramatically wrong and you can make up that difference? Well, in I'm not down 40 or 50 points points in South Carolina. I think we need to have a current poll in South Carolina. But I'll also tell you this. When I ran for governor, I ran against an attorney general, lieutenant governor, and a popular congressman. Mm -hmm. And I worked it and fought for it and earned it. I'm going to go into South Carolina and do the same thing. I take nothing for granted. So there's no scenario where it stops tonight? Of course not. We've already made our ad buy. How many? Four million in ads? (laughs) We've put in an ad buy. I don't know how much yeah. it is, but it's okay, okay. saved our money. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So, so uh, th- this this I don't understand. In all honesty, I don't understand this, Beth, because it's like you're two games into the season. You got to get twenty one hundred yeah. delegates or whatever it is, um, and now it's like get out, get out. Well, if she wants to get out, she gets out. If she doesn't want to get out, she doesn't have to get out. I mean, we 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 watched in sixteen, you know, all, all the way to all the way to Indiana. I mean, before before people were blown up. I mean, everybody just wants this thing shut down. What's the phenomenon here? Yeah, and I, I, I am with you, and I do not want to see that, because there's something that we will be missing about our process right. if, if we don't have the, the battles going on, if we don't have options, if we don't have a discussion. And, and she's right, and I have to hand it to Nikki Haley. She has been masterful in her answers to the media. She does not get flustered. She always has um, an effective answer. And I, I know that, that she has become a media darling for um, some of the news outlets. But there's a reason why. She is she is great at this. She's great at controlling the narrative in a very different way than Donald Trump is. You know, we know that he's a master at controlling the narrative and changing the narrative. But she has a, a way about her that, you know, it's very difficult. And I have been a, a, a woman who has run for office. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line that you have to walk um, as a woman in being tough. And and also, you know, there's it's hard to to be assertive and tough without getting the B word attached. Whoa! You. you know, there's this right. Have you have you ever experienced that, or have you seen that um, as a woman in um, 
in corporate America, as a woman in um, in situations where if you assert yourself too forcefully, mm-hmm. you get that name attached to you. Um, and she is masterful at instead being calm and um, and also playing this kind of I'm disappointed yeah. in in you for for bringing this up and and, and that's brilliant mm-hmm. she's more saying like I'm disappointed yeah. that this is where we're taking this question that we're you know taking this this um yeah. narrative and there that's masterful and I haven't seen someone I haven't seen anyone do it mm-hmm. as well as she has done it and I am you know able to say all this because I know in moments when I have um been um, more assertive or been more outspoken or been more aggressive, I know that that word has been attached to wow. uh, attached to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not you. I, 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 give me the names. I'll go whack them. You know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 but it's a fine tightrope, yeah. a tightrope walk that, yeah. that many women will tell you that who have been in positions, they'll tell you that it is a difficult one to try to walk. And I don't mean that in a, sure, I get it. I'm playing a victim at all kind of way, but just in um, just how roles have been played out and, and assigned and, and also learned mm-hmm. and the way that we think about you know, who we are and, and who the people are who are around us. And that's, you know, something that we will continue as women in leadership roles to work toward, you know, yep. combating. And she's doing a great job with it because she knows how to communicate um, in a very effective way. So I'm hoping for that reason that she stays in, even if she loses South Carolina and loses it um in a big way, yeah. I hope that she is able to figure out a way to talk about that because that's going to be really, really tough for her. That's going to be a tough hurdle to jump. All right. So with that in mind, what do you have coming up tomorrow, my friend? Okay. So we always have on Wednesdays Governor Pat McCrory, but here is the big thing that is happening tomorrow. Bob Dylan is coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we have tickets. Starting tomorrow, we're going to give them away tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. We're giving away Bob Dylan tickets. And you know that Bo and I never just yeah. hand out tickets oh, to know. the you know, fifth caller. Mm-hmm. We are doing our um, one of our favorite contests, Name That Bob or Name That Dylan. Look so at this. you have to tune in tomorrow wow. to find out how to win, when to win, and call in and win. That's good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. And let me just send you off with this. Early one morning, I... The sun was shining. I was laying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a um, good. You, that was great. <laughs> Ooh, how does it feel <laughs> to be on your own like a rolling star? Okay. I appreciate you, Beth Trotman, for putting up with me. You're a great American. <laughs> Very good. Very good impersonation. He learned to sing by listening to tea whistles. Ooh. All right. Thank you very much. Be well. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Beth. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It's the Brett Witterbull Show. Let's go out and talk to uh, George next. George, welcome to the show. Says you're a DeSantis supporter. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I just wanted to score one for the DeSantis supporters. Uh, The reason I support, or I I guess I did support Ron, I still do, uh, is I think he's the champion. He's he's got the best record on this uh, sort of fighting this cult of you know trans community injecting into our schools uh-huh. i think the 
I think the Republicans are making a mistake by not focusing on that. I think it should be the issue of, along with the border. Um, I think the Republicans are making a mistake going with Trump. I don't dislike Trump. I'll vote for him. But I think if you wanted this to be a layup, it was DeSantis. Trump's more like a a contested three. I mean, it just so no, nobody nobody galvanizes. <clears throat> excuse me, nobody galvanizes the Democrat Party better than Donald Trump, in in my opinion. Can, I I I want to ask you something, and I'm really curious about your perspective on this. Okay. Um, do you think that that debate with Gavin Newsom uh, kind of did DeSantis in prematurely? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he did well. I just I thought it was kind of stupid. Yes, I, I did was, too. I did. I, 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 thought, I thought. Yeah, I think he was trying to. Yeah, it's kind of a hail mary. Um, you want but, me to? Uh, want, I don't think it was well advised. Uh, Let me tell you what I think happened there, because um, Sean Hannity ran that debate and I feel like they sand. I think Fox sandbagged Ron DeSantis in that debate. I think they Mm. wanted Trump uh, as much as like the up. We we all heard the stories about the upper echelon, you know, Paul Paul Ryan. They don't like Trump. They don't like all that sort of stuff. I, I think. I think knowing the shark that uh, that De- that not DeSantis that um, Gavin Newsom is, I think it. I, I don't think it served Ron DeSantis well at all, and to see that as kind of like a sideshow, uh, I, I think it played into the hands of the people uh, who who wanted to see Trump be the nomination, be the nominee, and they decided they were going to take a road test out and see what what. DeSantis had when you went one-on-one with somebody and so I, I think that was a sandbag I mean that's that's my honest opinion um from yeah from I, I didn't get that I didn't I didn't understand why they did that but uh, yeah that that's my I, I just think that uh it, it's frustrating because I, I really do believe mm-hmm. in just looking at uh, you know I think Democrats have more voters um they do population wise uh, 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 and especially after the last 3 years they're going to have even more voters because of the wide open border that we're not allowed to now secure right right so i think you know if you if you want to win you know i want to win yep. and, and i think we're going with the wrong guy but it's just my opinion a great look great take george throughout the process i mean please keep in touch and let us know your thoughts on on these ebbs and flows you're a smart guy and i appreciate you being there today my friend Will do. Thank you. You got it. You're very welcome. I, I really think, I think, I think Hannity, I think Hannity sandbagged Ron DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis did say he wanted to debate Gavin Newsom, and I played sound. You, I know you remember this, TJ. I played the sound that said um, Gavin Newsom was like laughing at DeSantis wanting to debate him. He's like, why is he debating me? I'm not in the race. Why should I even debate him? Like, this is really goofy. It's all that sort of stuff. And everybody was like, oh, this is going to be fascinating. It's going to be great. If, if you're if you're the if you're the Panthers if you're the Carolina Panthers, and the season is underway, are you going to go play like a side game against the Rams that wasn't scheduled? Hey, uh, we're free on Saturday. We'll play the Rams. Why would you want to do that? Not even that. It'd be almost like the Panthers playing a college team there because you go. he's not even in he's the not race. In it. He's yeah. not in it. Very good. Okay. Very good point. That's I, I think that you just knocked yourself off of task. Oh. You want to be on task. I know that because I, I know teachers who say you got to be on task. If you're not on task, you got to ask.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993, WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Continuing our conversation with all the folks who are weighing in on this primary fight that's underway. And certainly, uh, we're, we're happy to have your predictions, thoughts, opinions, what have you, as we get closer and closer to the results being released in New Hampshire tonight. Let's uh, jump on the phone and talk to Barbara next up. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. <clears throat> I love your show. Thank you very much. And I have talked to you several times, and I am a rush baby. Yes, ma'am. And I just heard Beth Troutman on your show Uh talking about Nikki Haley. Yes. You know, I was in favor of Nikki Haley until I found out that when she was governor, she opened up South Carolina to bring in Chinese businesses to operate in South Carolina. And she also sold hundreds of acres around Fort Jackson, South Carolina, to the Chinese. Mm. And she is a globalist. Mm-hmm. Well, that and means- I will not bite for, tr- for, for Nikki and Haley. I understand that. I, 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 that's that's been an issue that's been raised. Uh, Ron DeSantis was um, was p- pushing that in a very aggressive way, uh, contending that stuff as well. She denies it, but but certainly um, you, you, you're well. It don't take long to for the truth to come out. That's right. That's exactly. That's always right. Abso- absolutely, Barbara. I, pre- I have been a Republican all my life, and I'm 80 years. Young. Oh, that's great. And you're a rush baby, which I like that, too. That's outstanding. But I will not vote for Dickie Haley. I got you. And I will do everything I can to be preach against her. But wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What if she gets the nomination and has to face off with Biden? Are you going to go with are you going to go with Biden Biden? No, I will not vote for Biden. Okay, good. So then, well, you know, if the truth is out, nobody will vote for her. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I, I appreciate it. Th- thank you, Barbara. It's great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. All right. You got it. That's Barbara. This is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Brett. How are you doing this evening? I'm well. Thank, thank you for calling in. Yes. Uh, you know, I... Uh, Prior to Ron DeSantis dropping out, I was, you know, in his camp, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I even, you know, called Vince's show yesterday, and, you know, I told him I was, you know, reluctantly back on the Trump train, you know, after DeSantis dropped out, uh, um, and I told him that I feel like Ron DeSantis has the best resume out of uh, all of them. I mean, I love what Trump did as uh, president, and that's why I'm going to... You know, vote for him again. You know, if he uh, um, does what I, what everybody believes he's going to do, and that's when the Republican primary. And uh, um, I'll go ahead and answer a question you might have uh, sure. before you even have a chance to ask it. Go ahead. What's the question? Um, um, like, uh, um, what 
going to piggyback on what Barbara said. Um, if Nikki Haley were to somehow be the nominee, mm-hmm. I'd vote third party. Because, to me, I don't see a difference between Nikki Haley and the other side. What would you do if Trump tapped her to be the vice president? Well, I mean, I'd probably still vote for him, but, you know, that would kind of turn me off, you know, because I'd I'd wonder where his head went. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't think she's his friend, and I just think his uh, judgment would be very um, lacking in that choice. If, If you could pick somebody who's, you know, out there to be to be a vice presidential pick uh, with with a, a Trump ticket, who who would be your rooting interest right now? Who, who do you who do you like as uh, for that job? Um, it it would kind of be a toss up between Ron DeSantis and uh, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, but you know DeSantis lives in the same state as Trump, and I think there's a law um, regarding yeah. that mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think they've butted heads too many times. I don't know if that would be a good uh, relationship right there. But, you know, Vivek, I think, would probably, uh, you know, he's he's a fireball. And, you know, I, I like that he's attacking issues that some of these other Republican candidates uh, didn't attack. I'll tell you who my outside favorite is. I wish that they would pick him. I don't know if he would take the job, and I don't know if he would want the job. Uh, increasingly, I like... John Kennedy from Louisiana as a Veep. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some views of his that I'm not necessarily uh, um, <laughs> in line with. Sure. I don't necessarily trust him that much. I mean, I like that he's been very vocal about the, the yeah. vaccine mandates and such, but mm-hmm. some other things, I mean, I'd have to... Uh, um, yeah. I'd have to take a rain check on to be nice about it. I got you about that, Jeff. I appreciate the call. And, uh, you know, keep in touch with us as we move through this process. And certainly more than welcome to call tomorrow uh, with the results and uh, see what you're thinking. All right, buddy? All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you got it. It's, I mean, it's look, it's all speculation. right? See, this is what's the fun part. This is the fun part of the campaign is that there's speculation. You don't know who is going to be the nominee. You don't know who is going to be the vice president. Um, it's all the speculation time. Once you have the teams set, it sort of becomes like the Super Bowl where instead of two weeks of drama building up, it's going to be a whole lot more. In fact, uh, can you uh, grab a clip for me here real quick? I-, I like this a lot. This is cut 11. It's Newt Gingrich. Cut number 11. Um, and he pointed something out last night when he was talking on uh, it was it was either Jesse or it was Hannity I think it was I think it was uh, Jesse uh, cut number 11 Newt Gingrich this is about to be the longest general election in American history I think it's something like 287 days from Wednesday until election day uh, Donald Trump tomorrow night will be the Republican nominee 287 days. Can you can you last that long? Can you last 287 days with this battle royale that's going to happen? 287 days. I mean that is that is that is absolutely incredible when you think of of what we're seeing here. 287 days. 
I mean, what are we looking at? How many months is that? Is that enough time to have a baby? I think it is. I think it's enough time to have the baby. Oh, yeah. Great bump. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Specifically requested by the third floor. It's great to be here. You should see the third floor. It's, it's what goes on at the third floor. Unbelievable. Randy is up next. Randy, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Brett? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Randy. Hey, I've been listening to you quite a while, and uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how voters in the Republican Party always choose sizes. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get their person in, then they won't vote for the other one. Yes. While Democrats, on the other hand, they all unify and get pushed through. Now, whether what they do is right or wrong doesn't matter. Right. Republicans will never be able to enjoy that because we can't get on the same page. We're always, hate the other guy, don't vote for him. Yeah. I'll never, ever do this and that. And that's the reason the Republican Party will never, ever be able to do anything in Congress or uh, in the government and push any of our th- things through because we just can't get on the same page. Can, can, can I make an observation about this whole same page stuff and all, all this uh, thing? This is this is the stage of the of the campaign in which we call bluster. This is bluster. I'm not going to vote. I'm going to take my ball and go home. I guarantee you that come election day or the day after election day, you are not going to be able to find a single solitary person who actually kept that promise that I'm not going to, maybe Chris Christie, I'm not going to vote for, for so-and-so or so-and-so. I guarantee you people, they say it, but then they go and they vote. I, I'm, I'm biblical certitude on that one. Well, I believe some of them will, but most of them, I mean, a lot. You can look at the last election. I think if everybody had voted yeah, uh, and went in and and. If they campaign as hard as they do, I went to a lot of campaigns during that, the uh, 2016 sure. and the 2020, and a lot of people are going to do this, but they were, again, they were across the board, but if their person doesn't win, then they won't vote for that person. They'll vote third party, mm-hmm. which is just a throwaway vote regardless. Your predecessor, before your show starts, yes, sir. yesterday I was listening to him, and it was a never, never do it, I'll never do it, I'll vote, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason... I mean, even the people who are supposed to be our proponents to keep us refereed and keep us together don't even mm-hmm. keep us together. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm 63 years old now, and I've been voting for a while, and I just it just never ceases to amaze me. I always try to be optimistic, uh-huh. but I try to stay pessimistic because I know what's going to happen. Have you ever have 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 you have you voted predominantly for winners or for losers? I'm just curious. In, in your years of voting. It depends. No, North Carolina, I know you're kind of new around here for, you haven't been here as long as I have, but, yeah. you know, I think for like, I think this 112 years, this state was controlled by Democrats. Yes. And we've got all these taxes that everybody talks about. Yep. We just now had, uh, we've just now been able to take the Republican uh, state Senate over, mm-hmm. but we still haven't got the governorship. That's right. So, and you're trying to get, to and get on that page too. And you're trying to get the AG. You're trying to get Dan Bishop in as AG, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. If we can get everybody in place and everybody quit choosing sides, <laughs> I mean, you can choose sides all the way up to the primaries. But once the primaries are done, we just need to go ahead and hook our wagon yeah. to the party. Right now, you, I'm not really a Republican. I consider myself a conservative independent. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what's available on each side, I'm leaning more toward a Republican side. Yeah. But, again, if we can't stay on the same page, if we're all talking about 
you know, bashing this one and bashing that one. Whether and honestly, all politicians are liars. If they weren't, they weren't be politicians. Of course, of course. The now, way now, that it is. Now, 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 let me. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you secret knowledge here. Okay, I'm going to give you secret knowledge. Here's some secret knowledge. Do you know what the in, inside the Democratic Party? Do you know what their slogan is when it comes to campaigning? Here's what it is, and this is this is really true. Their slogan gotcha. in inside the party is. The primaries are when you fall in love. The general is when you fall in line. That's their operating philosophy. They- well, that's a great philosophy, and the Republicans need to pick up on that, because as long as we're divided, then we'll never be together. Yeah. That's well, listen, I'm, I'm happy you're in the audience, and I'm happy you called tonight, and I and I hope you call back uh, frequently. Uh, you, you're, you're always welcome here to, to share your opinion, and uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, between now and uh, 287 days from now. Well, I found your station about four years ago when I was working in Charlotte. I was there for a year while I was doing, working on a project. Now, I moved away from Charlotte, but oh. I keep in touch with you on uh, iHeart since Russ awesome. passed. Awesome. So, anyway... Thank you, I buddy. To you every day, every morning. So it's nothing to do with me. I have to keep looking at what my weather is in my neighborhood. Yeah, no, I got you on I that one. To you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Randy, well, for being I there. Appreciate you being there. I appreciate yes, you being Thank here. You. Yeah, you got it. Enjoy the night. Uh, absolutely, you can be safe out there with the rain, if such as it is. I mean, look, this is this is what this is the beauty of talk radio. Like when you get to campaign season, when you get to these conversations. I, I, I've never been somebody who's going to be like, get off my phone, you big dope. Like, that's not me. That's not my style. You have your opinions. I'm not going to I'm not going to say I mean, I, I may say I disagree with you, but I'm not going to say like you can't have that opinion. Everybody's their own free person. That's why talk radio is so awesome. That's what's different than cable channels. They don't take your calls. They won't. You can't call Rachel Maddow. You can't call Anderson Cooper. You, you can't call any of these any of these folks on, on TV. You can't call Steve Steve Ducey. You can't call uh, these folks. They will not take your calls. But that's why talk radio is like so vital. Anytime I get the moniker thrown at me, where it's like, oh, you won't you won't take calls from me. I take call. I'll take calls for three solid hours, four solid hours, because what we're doing is we're having a community conversation. I'm not going to. Ba- the only thing that's going to get you banned is if you call up and you and you you either curse. Or you say something racist or something like that. But other than that, if we're sticking to issues and we're talking about issues, that's what the that's the magic of talk radio. That's the thing that keeps the glue together. And and I I respect uh, I respect all my listeners except that one, that one listener. And he knows what he did. He knows what he did. Uh, well, I, I still respect him, but I don't trust him. Well, I kind of trust him, but I don't like him. Actually, I still I like them. I just can't stand it. I mean, I'm in sad shape, this Watergate. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBD. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you today. 704-570-1110 is the telephone number to be a part of the conversation. Uh, illegal immigration is the number one issue for voters amidst this uh, this surge that we're seeing and with the uh, Supreme Court striking down the ability of Texas to allow the uh, the, the razor wire to stay up. Um, this is going to get much worse, much more quickly than we would have uh, thought. And, and it's an absolute disgrace to think that the state of Texas has to bear the burden when fully understood this is being done to the state of Texas by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We've got commentary on Kamala Harris coming up uh, shortly. But immigration is the number one issue in this country out of all the issues. That, according to Just the News and John Solomon. Immigration has become a low point for the Biden administration amid the influx with House Republicans exploring the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas amid an unprecedented surge in illegal border crossings under the Biden administration. Immigration has become the number one issue facing the American people. Thirty five percent of respondents to a Harvard Caps Harris X poll indicated that the issue was the top priority for the nation. Another 32 percent named inflation. Twenty five percent pointed to the economy as ranking among their top issues. Crime and drugs tied with health care for fourth at 16th percent. Immigration surged seven percent over the survey's previous iteration. This is a big deal. And what's an even bigger deal is who it is that's being hurt the most. Who is being hurt the most? Horace Cooper and Tom Homan penned a, uh, an op-ed in the Washington Times back in 2023. And they said, for the last several years, there has been a significant media attention paid to our nation's struggle with immigration, with much of the focus on our southern border and the impact on the nation as a whole. While these are important matters, we want to bring attention to another aspect of this crisis that is no less important yet rarely discussed the permissive attitude of our political leaders towards illegal immigration that is devastating America's black communities. Simply put, the ruling class and their addiction to illegal immigration makes black Americans less safe. This is most clearly seen in the way big city mayors embrace sanctuary policies. When a community proclaims it will harbor those here illegally, the number of illegal aliens will inevitably arrive. The large number. While most of those people may be nonviolent, among that population is a criminal element of gangs such as MS-13 and the 18th Street Gang. This element preys not only on others here illegally, but anyone in a densely populated urban area where largely is inclusive of black Americans. Chicago reportedly saw 2,278 homicides last year with over 9,000 people shot since the beginning of 2023, Chicago had 41 homicides, 194 people shot. 
Those are numbers that were in the early part of the year. Not coincidentally, the city of Chicago is a vocal advocate for sanctuary policies. According to the DEA, the vast majority of illegal drugs distributed in Chicago are supplied by the Mexican cartels. Nobody wants to take them on. The Crook County government confirmed 1,600 opioid deaths for 2022. By mid-year 2023, 2,000 had already died. In addition to the harm that illegal immigration causes communities due to higher crime, there's also a significant harm it causes to the economic bottom line of working-class families. African Americans are hit hard, harder because illegal immigrants compete disproportionately for jobs that were priorly held by African Americans. Black men who have the highest unemployment in the U.S., are the biggest victims of low-wage illegal labor. So what that means is maybe, maybe you're somebody who's a carpenter. Maybe you're somebody who's doing uh, another sort of construction. Maybe you're somebody who's drywalling. Uh, maybe you're doing any of that work. You, you're charging you know, $25, $30 an hour to get this stuff done. Illegal immigrants will come in, and they'll, they'll charge $8 an hour, $9 an hour. Now, suddenly, you're losing your job. African-Americans lost out on job opportunities because of the illegal immigrant labor pool. Unemployment or even super underemployment creates significant hurdles to marriage in the black community, and it leads to greater levels of poverty for black youth. Again, people working under the table, people getting paid, people not paying taxes, All that sort of stuff is a problem. You've seen schools transformed from being schools to being places where uh, people can just sleep. Drugs, violence, you name it. African-Americans have been left behind by this administration when it comes to the border. Can anybody explain to you in your circle why it is we have to bring in 6.2 or 7.8 or 10 million people into the country without authorization competing for your jobs, competing for housing, competing for school slots, competing for opportunity. How is that justified? How is that justified? It's not. People are pulling the strings at the border, and it's the cartels. The cartels don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if, if you're mixed, they don't care because they're going to charge you the same amount of money to come into the United States. And when you get deported, they will be the same people that are going to charge you that same amount of money to get back into the United States. If you get deported, that's a win-win for the cartels. And the cartels then will bring you back into the country and now you owe them twice as much money. This is a crisis. Somebody's getting paid. Somebody in Washington, D.C. is getting paid. Somebody in Washington, D.C. on Pennsylvania Avenue is getting paid to look the other way or worse to benefit from this latest iteration of slavery. The African-American community has been left behind. My hope, sincere hope, is that we're going to hear more about this from that perspective.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'm going to go to the phones here in just a second. If you're on hold, stay there, please. But I have to tip you off to something. I don't know if you know that this is going to happen. You need to know this. It has nothing to do with the election, but it has everything to do with, um, with, with a number of other things. Um, we're, we are going to be infested. We are going to be infested. We're going to be infested with billions of cicadas this summer. This coming summer, cicadas, cicadas emerge every year. But several online claims say two different types of cicadas are now emerging. Not just one flavor, two flavors, cicadas. Cica- I mean, every year we deal with cicadas, the bugs that are known for their high-pitched noise, bzzz, and they're hanging around on different hard surfaces across the Carolinas. Cicadas in- emerge every year, but several online claims say that two different types of cicadas are now emerging. The, the last time this happened, 200 years ago. 200 years ago. Now, the question is, is this true? Is this true? We don't know. Let's find out. Each year in North Carolina, we see a particular type of insect in the summer called the dog day cicada. However, this year we will be greeted by another type of cicada called the brood 19. The brood 19. For 13 years, brood 19 cicadas had lived underground. Flynn, uh, is the expert here, says uh, they will emerge. They will emerge this summer. They are all underground feeding on the roots of trees, and at the end of their time, they will come out from underground and attach to something solid like a building or a fence post. The third type of cicada is also expected to emerge this year. Three divisions of cicadas coming in to hammer us. It's brood... 13. Brood, B-R-O-O-D, 13. They have a 17-year life cycle. They're going to come out as well. All the cicadas are coming out this summer. They're all going to come out? Where are they going to live? We don't have room for them. They'll live in the trees. They're going to live on the fence post. Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. When combined with brood 19, brood is not like a drink. Brood is B-R-O-O-D. When combined with Brood 19, they're saying billions with a B, like what Biden spent. Billions, B-I-L-L-I-O-N-S, billions. The two broods will be meeting together for the first time in 221 years in the same place. Guess where it's going to be? Illinois. So guess, get a load of that, huh? Illinois is going to be beset by these cicadas. There's nothing you can do because there's so many of them. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to hop a truck. They're going to hop a truck. They're going to get in the baggage. They're going to do, and they're going to come here. Because the Carolinas are far superior to Illinois, the land of Lincoln. By the way, think about this. These cicadas come out every 221 years Lincoln was but a a spot in his dad's eye or something (sighs) you imagine 
they were writing the Constitution, or as Mark, as Mark Levin would say, I got a copy of the Constitution, and inside is a cicada. Could happen. Get ready for the cicadas, folks. I, I don't, don't, hey, don't dismiss this. Just because it's winter, they're coming. Be warned. Stan, welcome to the show. Stan, what's on your mind? I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, you uh, Back when uh, the Tea Party was being formed. Yes, sir. Um, and people used to call Rush Limbaugh all the time, and yeah. they used to ask him this question. Yes. Uh, what do you think about third party? Uh. And he used to tell them, third parties never win. Correct. He said you'd be better off to change a party. Correct. Correct. And so the question is, with Donald Trump, and what the MAGA movement that he started, the people were already there for it. They just needed a leader. That's right. Uh, to what extent have we done that? Um, and what, I mean, you knew Rush. I'm just imagining, I mean, nobody knows what he would actually think, but what do you think he would think? Is this what he had in mind? And if so, after Donald Trump is gone, does this stay on, or is it more about the person? Well, I think it's about I think it's about the person. Uh, uh, you know, who who will inherit it, right? It, all, all these parties, all these parties are ultimately inherited by by generation after generation. But here's the thing: if if you believe that the MAGA agenda is is ensconced and is is solidly in place for the Republican Party, then shouldn't it shouldn't it then be incumbent upon people to bail on the Republican Party and go transform the Democratic Party? Like, how, how would you pull that off? You see what I'm saying? Well, like, well, here, here's my question. Which party would you? No, we transformed the Republican, but the question is, was the Republican Party more right for the transformation? Or or did who, who picked it? Or, I mean, how did all this happen? Well, no, well, well, no, no, no. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Donald Trump won the election in 2016. People were still, right. they still had an affinity for him. He stood for re-election in, in 2020. He, he did not prevail in that in that case. And so now he's running for a third term. If Donald Trump had been re-elected, you would almost be done with Donald Trump at this stage of the game. And Joe Biden could have run for president in this cycle. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, so so they decided they were going to they were going to short circuit him and, and it didn't work. But here's here's the challenge. You are if you're up in, in many of these states like like um, like New Hampshire, you have a bunch of Democrats who are coming in and registering to support Nikki Haley. And I'm not com- I'm not condemning Nikki Haley about that. But you're seeing Operation Chaos at work where you go cross over and you go register and you go choose, uh, you know, uh, the candidate on the other side of the of the of the ledger, knowing that you're still going to vote the way you're going to vote uh, come, come the shutdown. Uh, but here's the thing. You've got to have people that are committed to go over across the line and go vote in the Democratic primaries. Like if you're in South Carolina, if you're in North Carolina, I mean, you could theoretically go and vote in those uh, those Democrat primaries if you register and you and you clear you clear the the thing. I mean, we could we could call for like, you know, tons and tons of people to go and vote uh, and, 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 and get conservative candidates on the ballot. But that takes commitment. And we I don't think we really have the, the medal for that right now. Well, I have one more quick question sure. for you, and it's has got to be answered at some point. Um, there's a difference in changing what people say they're for and what they're actually for. Yes. Um, there's a lot of Republicans that are now coming out and supporting Donald Trump, but most of them, in my opinion, aren't supporting him because they agree with it. Right. They're doing it because it's politically expedient for them. Yeah. When Donald Trump, if he does get elected, mm-hmm. how does he discern which ones are actually... Like, uh, Jeff, Sessions, Jeff Sessions was a bad one, Yep. And that was him. So the question is, 
if you were Donald Trump and you were elected, and you can just talk about that at some point later. It's just a question I've had. How yeah. does he actually tell who is actually like going you have to, to vet? You have to vet them yourself. You have to vet them right. yourself because uh-huh. if you're getting somebody's cousin's cousin, you're 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 you're. It's just it's a crapshoot at that stage of the game, Stan. Right. I'll appreciate you, Brett. I always love it, and I listen every day I can. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate you being out. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110 WBT. Let's uh, grab a call. Connecting with Robert. Robert, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Oh, first, good evening. Um, I just wanted to go back to uh, when we were talking about uh, the borders and immigration. Yes. And you made a statement that uh, that the jobs will be affected by the African-American population. And I think that's somewhat of a mis- misleading statement because... I think it affects all Americans. Yes. Not just African Americans. Very true, yes. And okay, and with that statement, the way it was inferred that the only jobs that African Americans can get is under the table jobs or low wage or minimum wage jobs no 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 that's not, that's, not yeah that's not what i was saying what I, what I was i was quoting from an article that was talking about the the um devastation of african-american communities by illegals who come in and work the the people who are in the country illegally are undercutting the wages of african-american workers predominantly you, what we're what we're looking at here would be like say laborers right because um if 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 you are working or or uh, in a bank or you're an accountant something like that obviously illegal immigrants coming into the country are not going to undercut your job as a banker as an investment banker as a as an accountant so this was being specifically directed at the notion of of labor, you know, doing hard labor jobs, construction, um, d- design, things like that, and that that's where the that's where the undercutting happens because you might be making twenty five dollars an hour or thirty dollars an hour, and these people come in and will do it cheaper for like seven and eight dollars an hour, and that then that knocks people out of the market. That's what I was that's what I was expressing. Okay, but in and that, in, with, with that being said, um, the percentage of the African-American population mm-hmm. that's living at that level is not the majority. Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll grant. I'll, I'll absolutely grant that, that that's the case. Sure. But there is a okay. but there is a constituency that is going to lose those jobs and they shouldn't because people are in the country illegally. Okay, and so if 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 
if we're talking, if we if we talk about statistics, statistically, uh, there's more uh, Anglo-Saxons that are at that level than Caucasians. When you say African American, you for sure, so, for sure, just by just so, on population, yes. Okay, so it's the issue. The article is is misleading, is sensationalizing uh, the situation because it's not affecting more, one group more than the other. It's actually uh, an American problem, not just of course it is. an American uh, of problem. Course it, of, cor- of course it is. No, no, it, it is an entire American problem. However, the article that I was quoting from, written by Horace, mm-hmm. Mann, Horace Mann, says... This is the city of Chicago they're talking about. This is the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're correct. There, there are white laborers. There are Asian laborers. There are black laborers. There are Indian. There are all kinds of people living there. And those people are Americans. What matters is the Americans having their jobs undercut as opposed to people who are flooding into the United States, not paying taxes, not not being held accountable. Not You don't know who they are. You don't know what kind kind of work they're doing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so as a consequence, yes, everybody is, 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 is harmed by people undercutting the wages. Absolutely. And so the, the other point that I, I would like to make, uh, one of the main problems with, with our country is that we love using adjectives. Everybody uses we, adjectives, yes. Uh, and, and, and we shouldn't be a certain type of American. We should be just American. Oh, that's fine. Right? I, agree, I, I agree with you on that. But the article uh, I'm quoting from... And, and so it's not an issue with... Uh, it's it's, it's a, a reporter that's trying to get... That's being sensational and wants to draw the attention and uh, of, of individuals by making statements that are not actually factually correct because what he's doing is is taking a microcosm of one community no 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 that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's not accurate at all that's not that's not accurate at all have you have you ever lived in a community have you ever lived in a community that had to deal with this issue that I'm talking about. You know what? Have you? I lived in a. I've lived in a community like that. Where? Where, where did you live? I lived in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. Okay, that's that's certainly right. a place that's been changed by by illegal immigration. Absolutely. Oh, okay. But and I grew up in, in the back of. My mother's shop in one room with a commode uh-huh. and, a, and, a, and a sink. Okay. Right? But within five or six years, we owned the store next to it. And we owned the store next to that one. That, that, that's the American then, dream. You're doing the American we dream. Bought a house. Yeah, you're exactly. doing that. Right, you're doing the American right. dream. That's, that's what the, right. Yeah. That's correct. That's the way to do it. Now, I'm college educated. Yes. My children are college educated. Outstanding. That's awesome. So, I've I've been there, and I understand. Yes. But the the problem is Uh that it's 
not just one community's problem. It's all our problem. Of course it is. Of course it is. Los, Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Dallas, Houston, El Paso, Baltimore. Exactly. Every, every one of these. It, but, but the article, it, but the article I'm quoting, but hold on a second. You, you, I'll tell you what. You call me back tomorrow, and you're going to stay on the phone with me for, for four hours, and I'm going to read all the different articles about this. Are you willing to do that? No, you're not. I have to pick yes, the stories. I have to pick the stories that are moving in time. This was a microcosm of a story. If you don't think that people who live in communities of color are negatively impacted by what is happening with with this uh, with this flow of illegal immigration, I'm really sorry. You you can go on Google and you can find a ton of no, articles no, 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 no. that talk about not, it, but. But I, I, look, I you achieved the American. You achieved the American dream. That's right. But you know what? You were born in the United States. Were you born in the United States? Uh, of course. Okay, of so course. you're an American. You're an American. So you're achieving I'm, the American I'm dream. American. The 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 people exactly. that are coming in and undercutting the wages, the people that are coming and, in and undercutting wages, that's that illegal. It's right. illegal. It's that, illegal. That it's, is right. I agree with it's, you. It's, it's wage theft. It's wage theft, and they're not paying taxes. There, there, you know what? That is so true. Uh, thank you. I'm glad. Okay, we we have we have we have solved the problem. Call me back anytime, Robert. I really appreciate your passion and I love your insight. And we will we will definitely spend more time together. I promise. Okay. Okay. You have a fantastic. Evening. You too, man. I'm glad you're in this audience. Thank you so much for being there. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed the conversation with Robert in, in that regard. And it's a shame that we are all kind of siloed and we are all kind of in these in these different sort of uh, adjectives, like he was saying. I I love my country. I love the people of my country. I, I love the people of my country who I disagree with and who disagree with me. I, I, I wouldn't want to live anyplace else, even if we had you know, a, a, a difference of opinions and, and, and things like that. But the fact of the matter really is, what, what is your citizenship worth to you? And, and I imagine I could, I could probably throw the phones open and ask people who, who served in the military, who served in combat, who served in the war on terror, who served in Vietnam, who served in Korea. I, I, could, I could throw the, the doors open and ask them, what, what is your citizenship worth? What is your citizenship worth? You know, the, the, the people who live like in the European Union, you know, you, once, you, once you've got a European Union card and, and you've got a passport, you can go anywhere you want inside the European Union the same way, you know, we can go from here, we can go to Louisiana, we can go to Ohio, we can go to Idaho, we can go to, you know, New York State, we can go to any of those places. And that's very much similar in, in the Schengen, uh, in the Schengen agreement that you can just go anywhere you want in, in Europe and you can just set up shop and you can do your thing and everything's going to be cool. And and you've got ID for, for doing that. Well, here in the United States, we, we are we're, we're a different breed. We're a different breed because what happens is. People from Italy go and live in Germany, and they're Italians living in Germany. Uh, the Dutch are living uh, in England, and, and, and they are the Dutch living in England. We are Americans. We are 
a melting pot and it sounds cliche and, and all that sort of stuff. But when you think about the United States of America, what you should remember is this. America, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry if people don't like it, America is like an all-star team. We're an all-star team. People come from all over the world and they want to become Americans. And for, for generations, people have come from all over the world and they want to become Americans. Meaning I'm going to cast off my prior identity and take upon it the mantle of American citizenship. Except now. With the 10 million people that have come in under Joe Biden, and I'm sure they're desperate and I'm sure they want things and I'm sure that they, they come from places that we would never even ever want to go to. But the thing that's absent in this conversation is any notion of any of these folks who come across the border, whom we don't know, whom we haven't screened, whom we haven't talked to. What's absent in this entire conversation and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will not raise this as an issue because they think it's racist, I guess. How many want to be Americans? I get you want to come here and you want to get a job. I get you want to come here and you want to make money. I get you want to come here and you want to get your kids educated and you want to be safe and you want to do all that sort of stuff. And that's fine. But if the first word out of your mouth isn't, I want to be an American. I'm willing to do what it takes to be an American. I'm willing to do what it takes to be an American and to join the military and to serve this country as my first act. If your first act is to come in not following the law, what does that say? What does that say about you? If your first act is to violate the law, what else are you willing to violate? Who else are you willing to violate? If your first act of having a relationship with somebody is to violate the law to be with that person, how is that the right way to do it? It's not. We're hearing a lot about opportunity and money, but we, we have short-circuited what it means to be an American. Black, white, multiracial, Hispanic, Asian, Central Asian, European, what have you. Your first act should be so much love of the United States that you want to do it the right way. Thanks to Isaac and Tommy and TJ and Anna and Pam. I am Brett Witterbull. We'll do it again tomorrow. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.